every year in the seminary, we're, giving what, we're given what, they're called, uh, what they call pastoral assignments. Now, a pastoral assignment, basically, it kind of breaks the mold of our normal day. So most of the seminarians' day is basically structured around prayer and study. So we go to uh, Liturgy of the Hours. We pray morning and evening prayer together. Or we go to Mass. Um, we do our personal holy hour. Or, if you're not doing that, you're basically busy with class. Uh, similar to most college students, right? You got class, you got homework, uh, and it feels like it's always nonstop. You always got something to prepare for, something to read for. Well, the pastoral assignment is meant to kind of make us break that and get out of ourselves. It puts us to work, in a way, right? So the way that we usually do this is we'll either do something to kind of serve the local community or uh, a parish or maybe teach like CCD or something like that. Just something to get us out and working with people to kind of prepare to be priests, right? Because we're going to work with people. Well, one of my pastoral assignments a few years ago, I was, in, I was helping to kind of promote this, uh, this social outreach program that the Archdiocese was doing. And it was down in the French Quarter area of New Orleans. Uh, and what it was, was basically it was this center that had like a food pantry and a computer so like you can do like resumes and internet stuff, like applying for jobs or uh, a clothing, you know, like they can come get clothing or whatever. But it was really like a social outreach for homeless people. And I remember the first time I showed up, I, I kind of thought it was going to be a waste of time. Just like, okay, what are we doing? This is all, we're basically just like a walking billboard for this center. We had the t-shirt and like the whole thing. But as we're walking around, we had different little pamphlets and a, a deacon from the archdiocese was walking around with us, kind of showing us the lay of the land. And he was saying, okay, I want a couple of you guys to go and talk to that guy. You know, a couple of guys go talk to those people. Um, we went to like this little park and they said, okay, spread out and just, just go and talk to the different people that are in the park. Homeless, not homeless, but mainly focused on people that look like they were living out in the street. And while it was, a, it was an okay day and it was kind of hot or whatever, uh, it was uncomfortable in some ways, just like the awkwardness of going to talk to people. I didn't realize until the next time I was in, in, the, in that area, uh, not, a, not being affiliated with this, how many homeless people were there. Like all of a sudden, we're walking through Jackson Square, going to the cathedral, and all of a sudden, like the girl that is sitting on the side with her dog and her little styrofoam cup, her little sign that says money for food, please. She stopped looking like the fire hydrant. Or the, or the guy who was like laid out and sleeping on, it looked like he had been sleeping on the street for two weeks, covered in that like nice inch thick uh, layer of dirt, sleeping on his backpack. He stopped looking like the trash bag by the restaurant. All of a sudden, because we had made contact and like started out, like reaching out to people, they started to become people. We started to recognize the people that were living homeless on the streets of New Orleans. And it was very sobering. It kind of, it kind of jolted me a little bit. Today in the gospel, we have a similar kind of situation. This rich man doesn't recognize the homeless person that's living outside of his house. We know this guy's rich because he's dressed in purple garments, fine linen, and eats sumptuously every day. Ten cent word there. Dressed in purple garments and fine linen, or as we would say, 
dressed in a designer shirt and Armani suit. Eats sumptuously every day at his table, but like goes to the finest restaurants and walks out of his house onto the sidewalk and sees this man laying there who hadn't eaten in a day or two and or is sick like Lazarus and just kind of passes by him ignores the person there like if like man wish this guy's eyes could have been open a little bit to be able to see the human being that he was wait, that he was just had didn't have time for recently i was watching a, on on youtube uh they had a guy that was talking, he was going to like different areas of San Francisco. And he went to, he went to like the rich area of San Francisco. And he had made this comment, he just was doing a little social experiment. And he said, he walks up to these people and he says, hey, look, I, my phone and my wallet got stolen. Can I borrow your phone for a few seconds? No, 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 leave me alone. Uh, beep, you know, no. The second that he goes to a guy that's like, looks like he's kind of a street person, but is just like sitting there playing a guitar and says, hey, I, I don't, do you have any way I can like call somebody? I'm lost and I don't have a phone or wallet. The guy reaches into like the little styrofoam cup and hands him 50 cents and says, there's a payphone around the way. Call him and tell him to pick you up at this place. Likewise, he did another one and he, he was walking around just asking for money for a homeless shelter. Like, hey, look, we're just looking to raise money for a homeless shelter. In the rich area, no, no. I'm raising, no. But he goes to the homeless people themselves and says, hey, look, we're raising money for a homeless shelter. And they're quick to take everything out of their cup and give it to them. Like, the poor teach us something about poverty. The poor become a sign for us about poverty. Their generosity in those situations is, is moving, and it's, it's intense. But it, it teaches us something about understanding that we rely on another. The poor know that they need God. So it's easy for them to make that, to make that jump. Oftentimes, the people that are the most impoverished are the ones that have everything that they need. People that can afford a meal. People that can afford their house. People that don't necessarily rely on another to fill my needs. Because quite honestly, we all stand before God impoverished. Poor. Insignificant. Small. Little. And it sounds really like, wow, it's kind of rough, man. It's true. Lazarus before this, Lazarus, like socially speaking, Lazarus before this rich man was nothing. And us before God were nothing. Everything that Lazarus relied on for survival was a gift. Everything that we rely on is gift. And we're called to learn, like today, the church is inviting us to learn from the mistakes of the rich man. If you look after they die, the rich man still has this kind of entitled mentality, this entitled uh, demeanor about him, where he finds himself in the, in the torment and in the flames. And what does he do? He says, Father Abraham, get Lazarus 
to put his finger in water and, and just put it on my tongue so I can be cooled. Seems like a reasonable request. But why doesn't he talk to Lazarus? Why doesn't he speak directly to the person and ask him, hey, because he's not recognizing the person. He's not recognizing the human being. He's not having the encounter with Lazarus. He'd rather just run to, hey, look, me and you, Father Abraham, are on the same level, so why don't you just hook me up and tell your servant to, to, to work with me? He's entitled even in hell. There's a, there was a story of um, was Cardinal George was at Mundelein Seminary in Chicago, and he was talking to some benefactors, and at the end of his talk to these benefactors at this fundraiser, he looked at the benefactors. Now, this is some people that got some, you know, they got some bank, because they're the ones that kind of make the seminary run up there. And he looks at them and says, the poor need the rich to pull them out of poverty. But the rich need the poor to pull them out of hell. Some intense language. But it's the language of our gospel. It's exactly what we're hearing in the gospel when we see that by stepping right past Lazarus, like God was given this rich man every day the opportunity to pull himself out of that pit, to cool his own thirst by just serving his brother, by recognizing the dignity of the person next to him and serving him in any way that he could. A man of much excess, to give just something to the man who had nothing. So often in the Christian life, so often in our Christian culture, um, a lot of times what we do is, is we say, well, look, it, when we hear about all this poor stuff, it's the, it's the spiritual poor. We like to spiritualize it and say, yeah, the, the people that don't know God and, and the, the, you know, the morally bankrupt or the spiritually like, just like, like the people that have nothing, spiritually. That's the ones we're called to serve and witness to and give to. But like, we give them our spiritual gifts. And yeah, that's true. But when Jesus is saying this, it should kind of like register with us because he's not talking about spiritually. He's talking about what can we give of value to those around us. That's money great. I know college students, we don't have that. What can we give with time? What can we give with our talents? In which ways can we be generous, even in our own poverty? In which ways can we give, even whenever we don't have much to give? So often, that, that tendency to over-spiritualize it, it, makes us, it makes us become soft on what Jesus is asking. It makes us compromise what it is that the Lord is actually calling us to. And that's a life of being radically available to the other. That's a life of generosity towards the other. That's a life of gift. Of giving everything that we are and that we can to those around us. No matter how uncomfortable it may feel, no matter how easy it is just to walk past them. Because in so many ways, that's the way that God approaches us. 
Each one of us, small, insignificant, and poor. He doesn't just walk past us. He doesn't just ignore us. He doesn't just pretend to have a phone call and walk, walk away. Or do the thing where when we're walking on a campus, we like to like focus on the thing that's furthest away from us and ignore every person that passes. God doesn't do that. God looks at each one of us individually tonight and offers himself completely to us. In confession, he offers his mercy to us completely. And just ask him one thing. I'm going to give you my son. You just give me yourself. That's more than a fair trade. This is all that the Lord's asking. Is that by giving, up, by, by giving us so much, all that we do is give that to the people next to us. So today, like who is it in your life? Who is it in your life that can use a little bit of an encounter with the Lord? They might be someone who's sick. They might be someone who's poor. They may be someone that just needs time. Needs to, someone to spend time with them. Who is it? Because that's who God is. Like God wants to is going to interact with us the same way that we interact with them. Because at the end, like we have a God that's loving and that's merciful, and yes, and we have a God that's just as well. And at the end of our life. He's going to look at us exactly like he looks at, the old, at, at this rich man. And he's going to, he's going to tally it up. What, what's your bill? Have you, spent, have, have you spent your time, have you spent the gifts that I've given you for the sake of the kingdom or for the sake of yourself? The, the, the gospel it does a great job of explaining to us that when it's over, when, God, when God's asking us to cash in, it's done. What is our bill going to look like? What is our, what is our tally going to look like? Because that's going to determine if we find ourselves separated from him or if we find ourselves with Lazarus in that, in that peaceful and loving embrace of the Father. Amen.